Silence! It's time! It's time! It's time for another episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Can you dig it, sucker? Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a six pack, sit back and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hello, John. Welcome to episode 352 of Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, always. I'm Tyler. Join me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. Hey. I'm doing all right. I'm going to give you a little bit of word of warning before we go through our whole game of the year for 2019. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I started out and I could only find like about maybe eight games in total. So what I am doing is I'm adding two games that I played a lot of last year. And I'm just quintessentially going to be adding that to the list since I normally we have our top tens. Yeah. But... Last year was one of those weird things where I could only maybe play and maybe liked about maybe eight games in total. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This year was a little rougher to, uh, like, I made a top ten list, but it's like it's not like other years where, like, ten was, like, still a really good game. like Or, like, eight was, like, a really great game. But it was just, like, unfortunately there was, like, six, like, all-time great games or, like, you know. Right. Or, like... I went through like this year was a little easier to fill in for me. Actually, it was no, it was easier to like. There wasn't as much competition to put in, I should say, but tougher because I'm like, does that game really deserve to be in my top ten list? (laughs) I think like does that really deserve to be a top ten game of a year? But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a. It's 2019 was a was a rough year um, for for games like not there's some good ones out there but you know like we've talked about it many times before over the course of the last you know six months or so there's it's been it was pretty barren for the most part for like if you wanted that like generational game you didn't really use we've been spoiled where we were getting like mm-hmm. a handful a year probably more than that to like this year was like we got a lot of pretty good games last year but um right. yeah i don't know um so yeah we're gonna do our top 10 this year um uh, I don't know. It's kind of a shitty way to kind of start off. Like, I feel kind of bad, but like these are games we all enjoyed. They're just not like <laughs> just it's, like if if this were like the last three years, some of these games wouldn't even probably. If I had to put like 2016 and 2019 together and make a top 40 list, like probably only a few of these games would have made, made that list. Let's put it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna take turns. I'll start with 10, and then Gables will go 10. Then we'll go back and forth. Um, All right. Then uh, I figured when we get to between uh, before we start five, if you have any, we'll do honorable mentions. I do have a few. I want to just throw out there. Okay. But okay. um, yeah. So let's just uh, we got a little ways we got ways to go here. So let's just get on into it. Um, I'll start with uh, number ten. I just talked about it on. It's been a few minutes for us, but maybe I don't know how long. It's probably be like a few days in between the last episode and this one. Uh, but after party, I put it at number ten. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cheating because I played it this year, but it was a twenty nineteen game, so it still counts. God damn it. <laughs> um, but, uh, like I said, I talked about it already, um, but I really enjoyed it. It was a fun game. It was one of the few games, um, you know, there's, there's some good comedy games come out every so often, like jazz punk, stuff like that. Um, that kind of like the actually like do are 
legitimately funny and good because every now and again that game has like ah there's a funny moment in there you know but it's like right uh comedy games are very hard uh to like they're very few far between they're like that i find usually like really good um so uh this one coming out it legitimately made me laugh on a bunch of different occasions um characters charming the world they built was charming um i like it's hard i just talked about it so i don't want to spend too much time on it but uh, it was it was legitimately a really really funny game uh, that um, I'm happy I did. Go, I finally I went back and pl- I did. I didn't just gloss over. I, I downloaded. It. I'm like I'm gonna play that game. It was one of those games you put in your pile of shame that you just never get to five years later. Um, you know it's still sitting there not unplayed. So I'm happy uh, I did decide to jump into this and play it. I just once I once I really got into it. Like after like the first hour, it's still it's still funny, but it's not you're not like ju- it's like sucked into it. And then like the re- like the last like four hours, uh, once I got to like that. The, the opening i was like i'm in and I, right. I didn't want to put it down and i beat it in like two more sessions and two gaming sessions so it was a lot of fun um so that's number 10 number 10 is after party what about you gables all right so number 10 for me is bloodstained ritual of the night okay nice i th- okay. honestly i thought this would be higher to be perfectly honest the reason why it's not higher is because i didn't finish the game oh okay. i literally i have literally played the game but at the same point i was waiting a lot for the incremental updates for the game to have come on Switch. Oh yeah, that's right. I did play a bit of it, like on the Xbox One, in terms of like, the Game Pass stuff more recently. Yep. But at the same time, I felt like Bloodstained was a part of this list because of the quality of the game itself, in regards to the gameplay wise, and then also in terms of like say the artistic stuff. Maybe not so much like the art direction in regards to frame rate issues and this on the Switch port. I mean, the Switch port had its issues. But at the same time, a bunch of what I have played I did enjoy. And this is probably one of the very... This is probably one of, like, maybe a couple of games on this list where I liked. And it was just enough just to go through and crack the top ten. <laughs> hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, my number nine is, honestly, um, in a weird way, also my most disappointing game for uh, 2019. Just going into the hype for this game. Uh, it yeah. is Star Wars Fallen Order. Um, oh really? Yeah. So it was a game. You know, I, I thought the, the story was, was like it was slow to get into. But once like, I got kind of, like to like, there's a point I'm like I, I talked about when we, when I played it when we were recording. Like I was still in the middle of playing. It. I'm like, I'm like I am all in on the story. I love this this bad guy. I love the villain in this. And I'm like I want to yeah. keep. I want to know more about this. And the ending was was like it just kind of felt like once we really got going with that story. And like it was few and far between those moments, and when we really got going into it, like it was over, like that whole like I'm like okay, well I guess we're done here. Yeah. Uh, and like the, the the combat's good. I, I thought the game is challenging. And it's fun. Um, it, they definitely went for like the Dark Souls feel, and like like I talked about the, at that uh, point in time, like they took a lot of different things that other games have done, but like every game has done it better. Um, and that's right. not to say it's about like there's a lot of games that come out like that. Like they're like. They took elements from here. They did, they, but they make them their own thing, and they make them, they they focus on those things, and they make sure they do a really good job on it. And this game was like just a hodgepodge of of different. They're going to take from Uncharted. We're going to take from Metroid. We're going to take from Castlevania. We're going to take from Dark Souls. We're going to take all these things, and we're going to make a Star Wars game out of it. And it's just they never really felt like they focused on one thing, and made it really great. And plus, when I um, I played it. It took me a little while to beat it, but even like with the updates coming out for the game, when I first I remember playing it on launch day, and I was like, 
there's like there's a lot of bugs like clipping and falling through the world like i don't know how many times i got like uh-huh. stuck in a wall like or like a character i was fighting like he got stuck in a wall and then i couldn't kill him because he was uh in the wall so i couldn't hit him and like just a lot of issues like that and a game that's like so based on timing and uh needs to flow really well like it killed that for me so many times i'm sure if you play it now it'd be a lot better but i don't know how many times that game like just completely took me like i'm getting sucked into the game like all right it's really flowing for me right now like um just killed it for me that feeling where i'm like fuck okay like here's this weird glitch that happened or something dumb happened here that wasn't really supposed to, that one that's not that was supposed to work but i don't know, like there were still like the being it helps it helped this is a game that's like helped by the fact that star wars and it's something I t- and that's not a bad thing like i've talked before like breath zelda breath of the wild is an all-time great game because it's Zelda Breath of the Wild. If it was just Breath of the Wild, it'd be a really great game. And But I don't think it would... We wouldn't be talking about it as nearly as much as we do today. I don't think it wasn't the fact that it's Zelda. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is... Uh, Phantom Pain is a, is an all-time great game to a lot of people, including myself. But it wouldn't be... It'd be like a really good game. A game I might not have really gave it a chance for if it was just called Phantom Pain. You know, it's kind right. of one of those things. If this was just called Fallen Order, I feel like this would have been like a, just another... Oh, here's another Dark Souls... It's just, you know, uh, uncharted type game that's coming out. You know, I feel like we it was it probably would have got some good reception to it, but the fact it was a Star Wars game is what gave it, you know, deservedly so. Like it's it's still a really well made game. I think if I went back and if I was able to play it now with it with, after if it's been out for a little while, um, I'd probably might it probably be a little higher on my list. But it's like sitting down playing it and just the frustration of that, and also you know, like I'm not very good at games. Like the frustration, it was like. A lot of my desk didn't feel cheap, but it was very frustrating when, like, I'm playing, like I said, it's a, it's a timing-based game. And the fact that I don't know how many times I died because of some stupid fucking glitch or th- someone's stuck here. So, I'm, so I have to, like, reset <laughs> because I can't beat this guy because he's stuck here. Like, I, like there's parts of the game where you have to fight waves of enemies before you can move on. And it's like, well, this guy's stuck in the wall, so I have to restart this whole fucking section over again to, to, to <laughs> move on from the game. Um, that's what that's what dropped it down. Otherwise, it would be higher up if it wasn't for that. But uh, yeah, that's my number nine. Star Wars: Fallen Order. What's yours, Gables? All right, the number nine that I have is a bit of a classic, but also a bit of uh, a new game that was released on the Switch like around this time last year, actually, and that was Tetris ninety nine. Ooh, yeah, I forgot they came out last year, dude. Tetris ninety nine. When that game initially came out during that stealth announcement, through one of those uh, Switch directs, it's like. I downloaded that game. I played that game solid for off and on for a good solid couple weeks. And I go back to it periodically because, hey, it's Tetris. It's fun. It's basically you against 99 other people. It's the Battle Royale version of Tetris. Mm. And quite honestly, it's that appeal which made me really enjoy that game. Because even though I could not win hardly any type of matches, and I think the highest I've ever gotten was maybe like number three or number two or whatever the hell it was <laughs> but uh just the fact and the satisfying feeling you get from beating so many different people at the same time it's this is nothing like that you know it's just one of those types of games also where you want to play a little bit in chunks you don't want to do like long ses- like sessions of it especially a puzzle game you play a puzzle game like that for long sessions of time you're going to be freaking mentally exhausted after like about a good solid maybe 15 20 minutes of just doing that Especially if you come across bad luck and paired off with players that obviously know how to do these things faster than you can, and all of a yeah. sudden it's like game over, game over. Oh, like shit, no, shit, no. <laughs> but uh, but then again, that was enough to justify it, in my honest opinion, to be my number nine for the game of the year for last year. And yeah. quite honestly, I'm 
pretty happy to have some form of Tetris on this list. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I, I remember downloading it when it first came out, and uh, Courtney and I actually played it for a couple hours during the Extra Life this past year. And like uh-huh. she's like, I actually really like Tetris. I'm like, really? And we, because uh, she just saw it on my Switch Home thing, and we started playing it. She's like, actually, like, legitimately really good at that game. Like, she's not like <laughs> kicking everybody's asses, but I was like playing it and I kept like getting to like the 60s. Like, that was my best, was like in the 60s. I'm not very good at Tetris games. Um, she was like getting into like the top 20 every fucking time. Wow. Every time. Like, just first time she played it, she got to like 40. And then every, so we'd take turns. And then she was like, I'm going to, like, every time top 20. She got like one well, top 10 finish. I'm like, what the fuck? Her problem solving skills are pretty elite, sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Like, I need, I'm going to have to keep you around. <laughs> She's not here, so she can't hear that. But um, she'll never listen to this, hopefully. Um, but, um, yeah, moving on to my number eight game of the year is Zelda's Link's, Link's Awakening. Um, one of the, the cutest goddamn games I've ever played ever. Um, really fun game. Enjoy a lot. It was great to find, like, because that's, like, like, there's this one, and there's those two Game Boy Color ones. I'm forgetting the names of. Ages. Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. Yeah, those two. Like, those are, like, the three games that, like, I just, like, Zelda games I've just completely glossed over. Like, I, I you know, there's a few, like, Majora's Mask, finally went back, played that in 3DS. Like, like I, I went back and I caught up in those ones. Sky, Skyward Sword's the other one, but. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the ones, like, I've always wanted to, like, play. And I was like, oh, like, coming out, look, like, the, start, the style's unique. Um. I love the game. The bot, the dungeons are like really well done, and I like I, I, I like I like the boss fights quite a bit. Um, some of them, like you know, I've always been a more of a fan of like Link to the Past style. Like, um, what's the one that was on 3DS? They um, fuck Link, Link between, between worlds. worlds. Like those games, I love those ones more than in any other Zelda games. So to see that come out, and I'm like, okay, it looks just like that. It feels just like that. All right, I'm all in on this. Um, it was a lot of fun. There was one thing. That fucking killed me on this goddamn game, and I ranted about it when I beat the game. Because mm-hmm. after I did the show with you, was the motherfucking goddamn like exchanging of the gifts thing, where like I thought that was a side thing you had to do. Come to find out, you had that you had to do that to beat the goddamn last boss. So like there was like there were sixteen <laughs> steps you had to do. We had to find these random things throughout the goddamn world, and you had to exchange them with people. So I had to fucking like here's a shovel. You exchange it for goddamn seashell why the fuck would i give up a shovel where i could find rupees and cool shit instead no i'm gonna get goddamn a seashell and i gotta give it to a fucking mermaid so she can give me a fucking necklace i'm, I'm getting mad again <laughs> i'm getting mad again gables but i when i found out i'm like on level i'm on like step three and i have 16 i have like there's 16 to do I'm like fuck and i spent like three hours trying to do that shit finally gave up and like the last like five, I just looked it up. I'm like, I'm fuck this, and I just knocked that out really fast. Um, but no, everything about this game is really great. It was just like when I keep, I was like making this list. That's all I could think about was like, like I was like, the oh man, for the seashell. Yeah, like that <laughs> fucking stupid. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would? Mm, mm. Okay, okay, bring it down, Tyler. It's cool. It's cool. <sighs> okay. Um, but like I, you know, I kept thinking like, all right, so like I'm thinking of all these like great, really cool moments, great moments, and like I kept coming back to the goddamn shovel for the seashell moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mad, it's so maddening. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it was. It's a really fun game. There's some problems. Like it, there's some definitely like it. it there's a lot of uh, uh, slow down moments, stuff like that that happens. Um, 
but uh, you know, frame rate drops a lot in this game. But uh, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was like it just kind of brought me back to like playing Link to the Past for the first time, going back and playing uh, Link Between Worlds for the first time. It gave me that moment. Like I really enjoyed that game. Really enjoyed those games. And like this is the kind of style of Zelda that I love the most. Like I, I Breath of the Wild, all time great game. Wind Waker, Ocarina of Time, all those games, great. But like to me, these are the Zelda games I like the most. Um, and it makes me like, it gives me hope that we get the you know the Oracle of Ages seasons eventually brought over somehow to the Switch. I don't know how. It'd probably just be some port or something. But I'd, I'd love to play them. But um, yeah, um, really good game. Enjoy a lot. Fuck the trading system. Um, <laughs> so yeah, number eight, uh, Link's, Link's Between World or Link's Between World, Link's Awakening. Sorry, Gables, what's your number eight? All right. So this game was a part of a package that I bought early on last year. And it's actually one of the games that I have a platinum trophy in. And this one is Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight. I thought you were going to say Ghost Recon, like, Black or something, where the fuck that game was called. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't don't even touch that game with a fucking 15-foot pole, dude. It's like, (laughs) in terms of my appeal for music-based games... This thing really was the type of game I wanted to play. I love the Persona games, the dancing games, especially Persona 4, Dancing All Night. When that was on the Vita, I played through that game entirely, and I got the Platinum Trophy for that. But for the set that came out for the PlayStation 4, it had three games to it, which was Persona 4, Dancing All Night, the game I played before, then it had a Persona 3, and Persona 5. Like, those subsidiary dancing games. So for number five, I really loved the aspect of the musical track selection, and I also loved the fact that uh, you could go through, not just manipulate a lot of the the songs in terms of how fast notes could go, how like uh, difficulty in terms of rhythm and this and that. And I'll tell you what, Tyler, I basically went through this game, and I have like maybe a few tracks that I can go back to and try to 100%. But it's the type of game where even after you earn the Platinum Trophy, you want to go back and you want to get 100% of everything. (laughs) And that was quintessentially me playing the Persona dancing games like uh, last year. So Persona 5, that was the latest one. That was towards the tail end of 2019. And uh, I quintessentially got it down to where I earned the Platinum Trophy late. I would play this game a little bit, see if I had like a tough time at work or something, I would just go through, just kind of veg out a little bit, and just like, just play a little bit of this dancing game, and get all the rhythms and everything else, and man, it's a process, like, first you gotta learn the game, and then you had to go through and just try to go through tracks over and over, and you know, I have a, I have a good sense of rhythm, personally, I feel, and so, it kind of came naturally to me, and all of a sudden, when I went through to get some of the harder levels and the harder tracks in the game, it literally took me so much time just to go back and, like, did that. And I spent a good solid, like, 40 or 50 hours playing this one game. And it's like, <laughs> where did that time go? <laughs> but, yeah, for number eight, it was Persona 5, Dancing in Starlight. Very cool. Um, So... Oh, that was pretty funny. Because you played that on Extra Life quite a bit, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. actually. I remember, I remember like, uh, we pull up your stream, and Courtney was, like, mesmerized by this goddamn <laughs> your stream and you playing this <laughs> game. And then that weird, uh, oh, the Hateful Boyfriend. That was a good time, too. I should play that oh, the Hateful Boyfriend stuff was yeah. amazing. Yes, that was a good time. You should do that again. That should be, your, like, your annual thing in your Extra Life. Um, <laughs> just playing through that game. That's actually good advice. 
<laughs> I love to watch Jesus play that every year. Um, dude. dude, okay. Okay, that's going to be like one of two games I'm going to play an extra life like every year. <laughs> yeah, that needs to be it. That needs to be one of them. All right, so uh, moving on to number seven for me. This may be a little bit of a shocker for people. Uh, number seven is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, oh, really? Huh. Yeah, so it was a game I actually just ended up red boxing for. Extra, it came out like the day before Extra Life. And yeah. I went up, picked it up, played it. I, I beat it in like two sittings on Extra Life. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Okay, Louis underneath the table doing something. Um, I don't want to know. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I played through. It's, I don't know, it's like. It, it brought me back a little bit to like I you know I enjoyed like advanced warfare and things like that I enjoyed those like weird ones they they went they got into like I was one of those few people that for some of that just plays Call of Duty for the campaigns like I was one of the, one of the few people that got excuse me really into those games and then uh you know they they, they did like World War Two I didn't really care for that um, Black Ops Four no story it was playing the battle royale mode was kind of fun uh, uh-huh. but going into this game where it's like it really is like oh okay it's fucking they're going they're running of ideas they're going back to basics blah 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 but it's like it sounds stupid but then they did it and it's like no they were like this feels like really good like they went back to basics and it feels fun like it really brought like Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare like they're playing that trilogy like I felt like I was playing the fourth one of that like Modern Warfare 4 and brought me back to that moment like nothing's gonna hit the heights I don't think of like the first Modern Warfare game um, and like Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops, like, I don't know if it's possible to hit those heights again, uh, maybe from like a broad, a major audience. But like uh, for me, going into that and playing it, it's like it's it's simple shooting game. Like when you you know it felt like 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 for like a long time there, especially early on in the decade, like we got a lot of those like generic sh- army shooter games, and it's like okay, it's just like you work over this. And if, if going back to it. Like it felt fun, it felt great, and like they they're the best at it. Like nobody's better than Infinity Ward at these goddamn games. And then like, going back to it, uh, playing it, like the story's whatever. It's it's dumb and stupid, uh, you know, hoorah army game. But uh, like it, it just felt fun to go back to that and do it again for really the first time um, since like 2009, 2010, I want to say. Um, so yeah, like. I don't know. It was just, it felt great. It felt fun. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, and I hope if like, that's kind of like, we have no idea like what this year is going to be. Like, this is actually one of the weird, like one of the years, like usually go in like to the year already knowing like what the spoilers are out there for the next Call of Duty game. And it's like, this is that one of those years where we don't want to actually like, this, we don't really know what's going on yet. Like we, I'm sure something will drop soon now that I said something, but, um, it's kind of a, a, a unique year for Call of Duty. So, I'm hoping they kind of like they kind of find a nice little style with this and then keep going on because like it proves like I didn't think I was really going to care much for it but I want to give it a shot and kind of it was one of those games like maybe it helped the fact that I was like not expecting a whole lot and I went way over what I was anticipating um, but yeah it was a really fun game really great game and uh, like I said I hope they uh, come back and do more of that um, but Gables what's your uh, number seven? All right, so for my number seven is going to be a bit of a surprise for people. Oh. But it is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Right. Video Game Awards my time, uh, Game of the Year. Nah, well, during my time playing the game on Extra Life and going to like the intricate details of how I play this game, I'll tell you what, I really liked what I played. Granted, I still need to get around to play the rest of this game. 
But the initial time that I spent playing this game, I felt, was very methodical. It can be fast-paced if you choose to be. But I love the aspect of like every battle kind of feeling like it's epic instead of a way. Because every time you face off against an opponent, say, either stealth-wise or hand-to-hand combat, if you choose to do like the competitive approach, it just felt like was his own simple kind of like boss battle in that regards. You have to counter a specific way, you have to get used to patterns a certain way, and in terms of like facing off against some of the bosses and stuff, I kept continuously <laughs> dying to like one of the first bosses inside the game because there's like a specific pattern that you have to follow and you have to go through. The types of patterns remind me of old school action games for the Nintendo Entertainment System. To where it's like, you want to play a game, say, like Ninja Gaiden, or you want to play a game like Contra or Castlevania. You're going to go through these type of levels or these type of enemies a few times before you can actually recognize, oh, if I just wait in the corner right here and wait for him to do his attack at just the right moment, I could just counter it by pressing the counter button, like either R1, R2. I have since forgotten since Extra Life was November, and here we are in February. Yeah. And uh, you can counteract, you can do tons of damage after just going through like a consecutive like a counter and then an attack the game actively does punish you if you do try to spam attack after attack the attack you know the health won't won't go down as much if you do it that way in terms of like the actual quality of the game the story is fairly interesting you're pretty much tasked with protecting some young like heir to a specific dynasty but at the same time, he gets kidnapped, you have to go out and try to find him, and in the regards, you get kind of like reborn, you were killed by this one like crazy-ass-looking samurai, and then all of a sudden you come back to life, you have this dude that's working on your like freaking Gatling, like uh, almost like a Gatling gun sort of-esque type of thing, but basically you have this mechanical arm which he can work on to give you like different types of like attacks, different types of abilities, upgradable stuff. It was fairly interesting in terms of that. In terms of difficulty, it is kind of a little bit below that of, say, a Bloodborne, I want to say. And it's kind of much more approachable that way. Because here's the thing. In terms of the Dark Souls type of games, or Bloodborne type of games, you have a specific type of threshold. There are some aspects of the game where, you know, people don't really enjoy. And that's being tossed in the middle of the pool and basically the developer telling me, okay... Now find for yourself. And then there's the type of things where they kind of introduced you. There's some games in that series where they kind of introduce you to different mechanics or different types of things just by basically looking at surroundings around you. Sekiro is one of those type of games where if you fiddle around with it, you'll learn that, hey, I can use this little grappling hook to climb on top of like buildings and stuff. I can wait for the specific enemy to go through in a pattern. I can actually do a jump attack to where if he gets into that right position, I could just do a dive attack and I could just go through, spear him, kill him just right there, maybe go up again and just do the repeat the same things. It provides you with those type of options that I thoroughly enjoy in those type of action games. At the same point, in order for me to fully enjoy this game, I have to dedicate a lot of time to mm-hmm. learning the interest the intricacies of that. And I like that. I do like that, where the game wants you to spend time. It rewards you with your time by basically giving you enough like orbs or options and stuff so you can upgrade your mechanic. 
but the but the double-edged sword of it is if you die so many times, you lose a bit of the orbs and stuff that you accumulate, similar to the Dark Souls or the Bloodborne games. So potentially, if you don't do like certain things in a right particular order, you're going to lose tons of progress. And that's a big turnoff to some, and I admit that is a turnoff to me to some point and extent. But at the same time, it's that one more game type of feel to where if you want to go out and you want to get, well, to quote something that's fairly obvious and overstated, if you want to get good at mm-hmm. said game, you have to learn the intricacies, learn how specific enemies go and are countered, and on top of that, you got to learn how to excellently execute particular paths to make sure you get this like game all in, you know, get all your ducks in a row in like level after level. <laughs> but yeah, that's my number seven game of the year for 2019, and that's Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Very cool. I love the uh, excellently execute line, by the way. <laughs> Very well, well, hey, I was thinking up Red Heart when I was thinking that. Yeah, the excellency execution. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's pretty cool. That's definitely a um, like the, I always talk about. Like, like I I always try to respect great games, but recognize that they're not my games. And it's like yes. Bloodstained, those type of games, like Sekiro, like those games, like I wish I could, I can play and love. Like, yeah. But like I, 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 you, you remember years ago, I tried getting the Bloodstained, and it just, I spent like three hours trying to beat like the first fucking like oh ten minutes of the game. Bloodborne. And, let me tell you, that is definitely something I understand the frustration that you went through. Cause yeah. Enduring that and just dying to like enemies like those stupid freaking demon dogs. I mean, that was just ridiculous yeah. <laughs> in that regards. I remember though when I told you about it and you laughed at me oh, hysterically. It's like, well, it's like, I, that's I, like the I first twenty pretty... minutes of the game. I'm like, I can't beat it, Gables. I, I found it hilarious because, <laughs> for one, you had spent like about a good solid twenty minutes. Like going through trying to just beat these two particular monsters, where you could have done a proactively different way, where you could have tried to maybe rush through the thing, try to get to the lantern at like the end point of I forget which endpoint it was, but uh, if you had taken your time with some aspects of it, you probably would have gotten to that first lantern. It's like, okay, now I can go through and just zip right through, get my blood points, and get things all. Nice and just, neat, possibly leveling up. It's just because you didn't even get a chance to level up. You're killing yeah. under. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't go well. Um, it's. I respect them. I wish I could play them. I wish, like, I get the whole get good thing. Uh-huh. I respect the challenge of it. I do wish there was like an easy mode, a baby mode, for um for those games. I, agree, yeah. I would love to play play through those games and just appreciate like when I hear people talk about those games. I'm just like. I want to feel that feeling. I want to. I want to understand these worlds, and I uh, just can't. But um, all right, Gables. Um, so moving on to my number six game of the year. It's funny. Like this is the fifth one of their games I've played, um, and this is the first time. And I loved all of them. And this is my first one that's ever going to be in a top ten uh, games of the year show for us. Yeah. Uh, be fair. One of them was before we did this pod- podcast. But it's anyways. It is um. Mortal Kombat 11 from NetherRealm. Uh, a uh, fran- you know, I love. I've talked about it all the time. I love, 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 like the the story mode that they've created. Like I, you know, I enjoy fighting games. Or you know, like uh, they're fun for me for a little bit, and I just kind of yeah. I, I, I kind of move on from. Very few stick with me. Like Smash is the exception. 
Um, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters is definitely an exception to that rule, um, especially <laughs> for my hatred of anime. Um, that's crazy thing. Fucking Dragon Ball Fighters was in my top ten last year. This is a weird. Anyways, moving on. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I it was a really fun game. Like I thought going into this one, all right, the third one of these. Uh, I for, I like the Injustice ones more. Uh, I, I the DC characters part side of it. So it's more enjoyable for me because I know those characters more. Even though I grew up loving Mortal Kombat, um, I just enjoy the characters of DC more than the Mortal Kombat characters. But anyways, um, I was really surprised how much I enjoyed this one. Like especially like when you like you look at the story where it's like, all right, we're basically just trying to like fix the things that we did in the in like the original two. Uh, like we like they made some big decisions. They killed off characters. They didn't. They weren't in the like they were in the the last game in Mortal Kombat X, but they weren't a part of the story mode. Like they just straight up killed off like main characters. And um, like here's a way to bring it back. Like they did like the whole time travel thing, and they like, totally redid the entire universe of things. And it, it's really corny and kind of dumb in a way because time travel is really corny and really dumb in a lot of ways. Um, but um, it was just really well like put together and I, I, I thought and I really enjoyed that like it's I think I enjoyed the original Mortal Kombat story more maybe because it was, it was so fresh and new to me too um, of those of these three but it was just it was fun like especially when um, Johnny Cage is fighting John like old Johnny Cage is fighting young Johnny Cage and like <laughs> old Johnny Cage like this guy's a douchebag <laughs> it's like it's just funny <laughs> it's like this guy sucks <laughs> it's just it's, 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 it's all really funny it's all really well done like um, stuff like that, like Jacks fighting uh, young Jacks fighting new Jacks, uh, like they they made some like really cool like um, fights that like, you didn't know you wanted that like happened, and it was just like they did some really great jobs with it, and they made the whole time travel thing like as corny and dumb as it is, like it was still like it's a dumb like fighting action game, like you don't like it's just like like Call of Duty, it's like ah it's a dumb army game. This is really like the, the really dumb story mode, but it's fun as hell. And I had a lot of fun. Like, just don't put a lot of thought into anything, and it works really well. And they brought like you know they brought a lot of characters back, and it, it kind of hit a lot of things that like Mortal Kombat X was still really fun and enjoyable, um, but they was like a lot of it was like we're trying to bring in all these new characters, and we're, we're taking out like we killed off some old characters. We're like kind of putting a lot of old characters in the back burner, and this one did a great job of like, and I thought they did a good job with with those new characters. Um, but I think you know someone that just wants the fight with like Johnny Cage, Luke King and all those guys, like that part kind of sucked. But, uh, this one did a really great job of like bringing in the old, with the new and combining them all together into a really well, uh, really well done place. Um, so yeah, my number six, uh, is, uh, Mortal Kombat 11. So Gables, what's your number six? Okay. Now my number six is super Mario maker two. Ooh, okay. <laughs> the reason why I like super Mario maker two is because of the reworking of the, not only the course creator, but I did like the aspect of adding in a single-player mode to the game itself. Mm. Now, granted, it did not have the same type of effect that the original Super Mario Maker had on me. But at the same time, I loved the inclusion of the single-player. I did love the fact that there were a bunch of Nintendo-made levels that I could go through and try out and stuff. Because quite essentially, I do like creating levels in regards to, say, games like Mario Maker. At the same time, I absolutely love the idea of being able to just have People make these Mario levels. Me can go through and try them and play them and see how much I, if I like or hate them. And quintessentially, I just found myself just enthralled just with like, going through this single player, getting enough of like some bit of the online courses I tried from some people that I know. But 
at that same point and stuff, it didn't really have a effect on me like the original Mario Maker did. Because it's like, I wanted to go through and try out courses. I wanted to create my own course to see how well, like, uh, I could do in regards to that. And, you know, what was kind of the big of the common complaints back then is, like, <laughs> kind of people thought it was too hard. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, it's like, well, if you knew the mechanics of doing... You know, jumping onto a Yoshi, then jumping off the freaking piranha plants, you know, that would have... <laughs> but, uh... Nah. But, uh, with everything else, though, I thought Mario Maker 2 was a fine sequel to the original. And quite honestly, that game... I watched quite a bit of people play it, in terms of streams, got a better appreciation of some of the... Some of the levels where you basically had to run from, uh almost like an automated level, but you had to get the timings just mm -hmm. precisely right, so that way you can actually play it instead of just watching it be played for you. Which I kind of like that they deterred away from stuff like that from the game. It made it a little bit more engaging. I felt like a boss just going through and clearing some levels. But, uh... Yeah, Super Mario Maker 2... Uh, what can I say more about it? I mean, it's a fun experience, and it's definitely something people should go through and check out if, say, they want to experience a great Mario game. Or even if they ever thought about maybe doing a little bit of game design and stuff like that, just give that a little bit of a whirl. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um very cool man. That yeah, really good game. It's um yeah, it's a really it's a really fun game. I like that game a lot. Um but before we get into uh our number five, I don't know if you have any gables, but I do have some um honorable mentions I want to throw out there. Um I mean, I did still make a top 15 list, uh, surprisingly enough. Um, so my number 15 is uh, Man of Medan. Um, it's uh, for the people that made, um, oh, my God, I just fucking spaced the goddamn name. <laughs> What's the game for PS4 that is like a horror movie? Oh, man. Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Thank you very much. Wow. Um, <laughs> so they went off and made their own games. Like They're doing like an anthology series where they're, uh, all the games are going to be in the same world, but they're like they're all different from each other. Um, I think they're going to even reuse some of like the same actors and stuff. But um, Man of Dan was a it was a it was a, another one of those games until dawn, like a kind of a um, you know a button like you watch a story, press buttons, uh, uh, quick time event kind of game. Um, it was a fun little game. It was only like thirty bucks when it came out. You could usually find it cheaper now, uh, but it was, you could probably be in like four hours. I thought it was really good. Still, it, it, well, it was good, but it wasn't like. I, I wasn't going into it expecting Until Dawn, uh, but I, I was expecting it didn't hit the like kind of what I thought it even still would hit. Um, it was it was a fun one of those games, um, but I don't know it's kind of like uh, like playing Outlast when we played that for the first time, and it's like yeah. every game since you want to find that next Outlast and you just don't find oh, it. Oh, I know, right? It's kind of like Until like playing Man of Dawn is like it's not a, it's a it's a good game. It's not a great game. It's it's but it's good. Uh, it's definitely a game. If you want something like that, like this is definitely a game to play. It's probably one of the closest that we will get to playing another one of those games. Um, if you're looking for that, um, but yeah, it was it was fun. That's my number fifteen for this year. Number fourteen is uh, yeah is uh, Walking Dead's uh, final season for uh, Telltale. Um, I thought it was. Um, I enjoyed the story. It was it was like the really the only impactful thing was like what they can do with Clementine, kind of thing. Uh, but I I hated the um, AJ the the look the character basically the Clementine of this season like now Clementine's taking care of AJ um, 
like he was just like I hated that character the entire time. Like I just like just kill him off, please. He's terrible. I hated him. Um, and this that whole thing like that was the only like one thing that kind of kept driving through this is like what's going to happen with Clementine. And I, I I actually legitimately enjoyed the last episode. There's only four episodes. I thought first episode was pretty interesting. The build up two, two and three were, mm, and then four was like they did a good job. And then it's usually the case with Telltale was like they start off really well, the middle's pretty meh, and then they ended off really well. And that's always like outside of like uh, Tales of the Borderland and the first season of Walking Dead, that's always been kind of like the thing with them. Um, so yeah, like uh, if it wasn't for this being the final season, I don't think I would have continued along with it. Uh, Thirteen is Life is Strange two. Um, I really, you know, people, I've raved about Life is Strange one and uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm. Fucking adore those uh, those games. Um, but uh, this one just once again, like I think it was kind of like. Like I just mentioned with uh with Mayama Dan, like where like I wanted them to hit the heights before the storm and Life is strange, and like to me in this case I actually my my anticipation level and my hype for that was on par with that, and it was okay, it was fine, it was whatever, and it was it was just like I like I thought about time like maybe playing Walking Dead and this like so within like two months of each other was kind of like a bad idea, because I was I'm just, I was so burnt out on that style, but then I just played After Party, and it's it's, not, it's a little different, it's two D side scroller, but like more of the same where it's like you, know, you kind of pick and choose like your dialogue things like that and the character and things you do like decide the game what happens in that game and it's like i legitimately had a lot of like really enjoy that game and it's like like that totally like kind of brought these down a peg for me where it's like man maybe it's just me and it's like no it wasn't me like they're really good games but they're not it wasn't to the level of life is strange one to me and uh, before the storm uh but like i don't want to sit there and say like it's bad it was just it was once again it was good if you want more of that, like there's Life is Strange too, but yeah, it just didn't hit that what I wanted. Uh, number twelve is a game you just talked about, Super Mario Maker Two. Um, really, really like that game. Uh, I fell into a hole with the first one. Uh, even for somebody like me, it doesn't enjoy two D Mario games. I mostly <laughs> enjoyed like like the three D ones, um, like Odyssey, three D World, stuff like that, Mario Galaxy. Um, this one, I. I I was hope I was thinking I was gonna get really sucked in this game, especially with like Courtney and like her nieces and nephews coming over. I'm like, this is a game. Like, oh man, we're gonna have like endless, endless amounts of fun with this game because they love like they love playing the old Mario. Like, we'll play the NES uh, cl- uh, on online part. And we'll play the old Mario games and stuff together. And they all we all have fun playing that. I'm like, this is like endless. We're gonna have all kinds of new levels to play. And then click with them, and then like it was just like that kind of brought down a peg for me. And like, oh, that sucks. They're not really liking it. And then, like, me, even me, like, it didn't hit like the first one did. Like, it just, like, the first one was just, like, that ah, looks like kind of like it could be cool. And, like, it like was, like, the one of the, probably one of the best games that year when it came out. And uh, I think it was, like, 2015. And it came out, yeah. you know, just, like, it was fun. I jumped into a little bit. I did some of the, the creation level stuff. I played my friend's levels. I checked out some of the other levels. But it was, within a couple weeks, I, I don't think, I think I've gone back to it once since July. And played it, and I just haven't gone. I back haven't since. really gone back to it either. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a big reason why it was. It is where it is. Number eleven, Metro Exodus. Um, once again, uh, a lot of these games. It's just like a lot of these games were just like I had higher hopes for, and they just didn't hit those levels. Um, I love the first two Metro Metro games. Raved about them since the beginning of this podcast. Literally, I think like the one of the first five or six episodes of the show was me talking like raving about uh, Metro twenty thirty three and Last Light, like loving these games like metro 2033 was more of like a stealth game first person stealth game 
anything, but you could shoot if you had to. Number two was still really, really good, but it was like they kind of went more on the shooting side of things than the cell side of things. And this one is went more into like, here's a bunch of like big open world areas. They're not as big. It's not one big, it's like five or six open areas uh, that you can fuck around in. And it's just like, I don't want that from this game. It's like, it's it's like, I recognize it's a really good game. It's, it's probably better than I'm giving it credit for, but it's just like, what I wanted from a Metro game a Metro Exodus and what we got, it's just like, it's not what I want. It's like, I want like, I just want that, like that kind of that straight line. There's some side shit you can do. And I want to dive more into like, I want to read all this shit that's going on. I want to read all the notes, figure out what the fuck's going on. Like I, I love what happened in this world. I want to know more about it. And this one, I'm just like, when it was over, I'm like, I, I was like, kind of when I got towards the end, I'm like, I'm just ready for this game to be over. And that's kind of what my feeling was with this where I was like, about halfway through, I'm just like, I don't, I'm not liking this game as much. So, mm. and I just beat it because it's Metro and I love Metro. That's the only reason I beat it. So that's my number 11. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions you want to talk about, Gables? There is a honorable mention that I would like to bring up. And it's more or less like a collection. You know, yes, like last year and stuff, we had a couple of collection stuff released by Konami. One of them being for Contra, the other one being for Castlevania. Yeah. And the thing about it is I didn't really have too many like honorable mentions in terms of like new games, but this thing released last year for the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch has it as well. This whole Castlevania collection where you had the first game all the way up to like Bloodlines and even like an unreleased game called Kid Dracula. Which theoretically, and what's kinda hilarious about it is Kid Dracula is the first time it actually had been released in the US, two thousand nineteen. Hmm. This is a game that was like made in nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty nine. So it technically kind of falls into that round of like games of this year, but I didn't include it in the list because, for God's sakes, I enjoyed some other games more so than did Kid Dracula. <laughs> but uh, no, the reason why it's in my honorable mentions is because it actually made me appreciate the older Castlevania games a lot more than I had realized. Because going in, going into it, I mean, I loved the aspect of having a game like Castlevania Bloodlines, like downloadable. That was something huge for me because I had only been able to play it on the Genesis. I still have my copy for the Genesis, but downloading Castlevania Collection, going through Bloodlines with both John Morris and Eric Lacard, fantastic. That game is fantastic. Now, in terms of everything else in that bundle, I played through Castle. I actually went through a stint where I played through nothing but the Castlevania games. <laughs> so it's like I played through Castlevania 1. Two, oh my god, that was the first time I, and speaking of Castlevania 2, that's the first time ever I went through beginning to end, used a bit of guides, and actually beat, legitly, Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest without nice. having to use a code. I feel like that's a big accomplishment for me, because other people, they would have looked at that game and thought to themselves, man, this is so verbose, this is not worth it, I'm going to go ahead and not play this game. And quintessentially, that's why people have such a negative opinion on Simon's Quest. Because it does not tell you where, it doesn't give you helpful hints in regards to what you're supposed to have, where you're supposed to go. The gameplay is pretty fun. It's Castlevania. You get to go through and do action stuff like you did in the original game. The only difference is you're collecting certain items and getting certain upgrades and certain types of like equipment to where you can actually progress by doing like specific things in specific like towns and stuff. But uh, the boss battles were okay. There were some ways in order to abuse the system, especially with the final boss, where you could just do a holy water with him in place 
and just spam the shit out of the holy water, and there you go. <laughs> but, uh, okay, Super Castlevania Four. that's a classic. I've played through that one. Man, I still love it. Just the action, the gameplay of, like, just an old Super Nintendo game. You know, just old action games in general. I love those. Now, the one that I actually would like to mention, and it's the entire reason why I put inside this honorable mentions, is Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Now, bear in mind, this is a late NES release. This was at least in the early 90s. This game is quite possibly one of the best NES games ever made. And that's just something that I had to go through and experience for myself. The gameplay is it's classic Castlevania. The music is absolutely fantastic. You listen to the soundtrack to that thing, and you would not think it's from the NES. Because uh, the intricacies of what the composer went through and edited on in terms of like the chip tune, the, the, the whole like chip sets and everything else. Because the NES was only limited to what they could produce. So you go from something like Super Mario Brothers and stuff to it was just basic and stuff. Then all of a sudden you go to one of the later entries like Castlevania 3 and that same console's life cycle. It's like night and day. Hmm. The music, the graphics, the gameplay, the just the whole thing like the this whole thing about everything almost about it but uh i liked it because i played through that game four times that's a game now for me to play through a game multiple times in one year that means something yeah. that obviously means something to me and i played through that game and i got every single trophy in that collection stuff but the ones for castlevania 3 i'm proud of the most because i played through it as trevor like with Trevor and with uh, Sifel Bonatas, with uh, Grant Anasty, the pirate, and also with Alucard, the son of Dracula. And uh, during that fourth time, I just did the final one with uh, with like Sifa and stuff like that. And it is technically the true ending to that game, to where you get the whole ending cutscene and stuff. And they have a translation error. They decipher like uh, like Sifa is a man, but you clearly see flowing blonde hair, female figure, and stuff. It, obviously, they did an accidental, like, uh, translation error, because Sypha is a female, in terms of Castlevania Three, Dracula's Curse, and this and that. But, uh, the experience of going through each level, the experience of going through each, like, uh, aspect, different paths for each character and stuff, and even some bits of, like, crazy-ass, like, gimmicks, like, say, for Grant, climbing on walls. Think of it this way. Let's say you're playing an action game, Tyler, and you're able to control a character that not only can climb up walls, but climb underneath platforms, like right above pitfalls and stuff like that. That's like me in real life. Able... <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, it felt fresh. It felt like something I hadn't played on, you know, that style of, like, uh, platformer before. So each character you played as, it was different and fresh takes upon what a character could do, their power and abilities, and that was pretty much number one reason why I feel that this deserves to be an honorable mention for me because it's like mm. Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse has proved itself to me to be one of my favorite games <laughs> that's very cool man I, I appreciate that one especially the fact you, if you beat the game four times in one year it deserves to be in your, your uh, in your list somewhere yeah um, it's very cool um... <laughs> hey guys Tyler here so thank you so much for listening to part one of our um, Game of the Year podcast. Hope you guys come back in a few days for part two.
Excuse me. You too many beers there. Anyways, we're on iTunes now, so go on there, check us out. And if you like us, leave us a review. And we'll even shout you out. And Jack will send you his credit card number. <laughs>